0: Calls us to no longer be driven, no longer be focused, no longer be excited about the work that God has for us in his church. If it's anything that will throw us off, yes, the flesh, but also the lure and the pull of the world. And we have to make sure that in our walk, in everything that we do, that we're striving to be godly and not allowing ourselves to become friends with the world.
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God.
0: Turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two. God is so good. He is so good, so kind. Man, He's kind to us. He really is. If you got it, let me hear you say, I got it. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to begin with verse number 5. And read down to verse number 8. The scripture reads, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Apostle Paul is telling the Philippian church that the mentality and the mindset that Christ had, he wanted them to take on that same mindset. Amen? Now, when we start reading verse 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul begins to describe this mindset. Now, look what he says here in verse number 6. Who, that is, talking about Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So first of all, we see Christ, his humility. First thing you see. So if I'm you, we're going to have the mind of Christ. The first thing we're going to have to take on is humility. A humble posture, humble mindset. Verse 6 again, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Now, when you look at verse 6 again, the scripture is basically saying Jesus, although he was fully man and fully God, He did not use his deity to give him some type of advantage in life. You remember when Pontius Pilate said, Listen, you need to speak up right now. Don't you know I got the power to just end this all? And Jesus looked at him and said, The only power you got is the power that my Father in heaven has given to you. Even a little bit before that, when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter got hot and pulled out the sword, here Jesus is getting arrested. Peter cut off one of the soldiers' ear, and Jesus heals the man's ear, one of the people who are coming to actually arrest him. So there you see Jesus not using his deity to give himself some type of an advantage, but rather he humbled himself and allowed himself to be taken captive by the folks that he made. I'm going to let all y'all that made me, all y'all that I made, I'm going to let y'all beat on me, spit on me, strip me naked, and I'm going to let you humiliate me. Humility, even though he could have ended it all. Verse 7 talks about how he, again, made himself of no reputation, meaning he emptied himself. He emptied himself. You know how we say we surrender all or we're sold out? In order for us to be sold out and surrender all, we have to empty ourselves. We have to be willing to make the decision that, Lord, whatever you desire of me is what I'm going to do. We give up the right to be self-governing. In other words, I'm not just going to do what I want to do when I get ready. I'm not going to live by my impulses or this, that, and the other. But I'm going to take on the same mind of Christ that he had And I'm going to walk in not only humility, but also self-denial. In verse 8, the scripture says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, when I look at what we already mentioned, humility, humility, self-denial, and then looking at that he completed his assignment, it tells me that Christ was driven. He was serious about the task that he had as it related to the kingdom of God. He was driven. I would say he was focused. I would go on to say that he was compelled. He wanted to finish the agenda of the one who sent him with the agenda. If you remember in Mark chapter number 10, verse 45, he said, I didn't come to serve. I didn't come to be served, rather, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. In St. John chapter 4, remember after his disciples saw him talking to the woman at the well, um, they start wondering, what, what he done ate? Is he, you done ate? What's going on? And he said, my, my meat, my, what satiates me, what satisfies me, is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. So when I say Christ was compelled or driven, that's what I mean. He wanted to finish the work that God had for him to complete. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word on tonight. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for this revival. Thank you for the people of God who are gathered in your name. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in here. Your presence is here to empower us, equip us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys yokes of bondage, that refreshes us, revives us. We're here tonight to be refreshed, revived. We come hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Fill us on tonight, have your way in Jesus name and let everybody say Amen. amen. And amen again. Our t- title tonight is in the form of a question. I just want to ask you, are you still compelled? Are you still compelled? Are you driven? Are you? Are you still focused? Are you still relentless? Are you still determined with all humility and all self-denial? Are you determined to to complete the task that God has for you? Are you still excited? I, I know many of us have been saved for many years. My question tonight, again, is are you still compelled? Let's give the Lord a hand for the topic tonight. There is a clear and distinct difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Clear distinction. They will never mix. They will never blend. They will never mesh. The kingdom of God on earth is considered his church, the ecclesia, the ones who were Called out of the world, called out of darkness, and placed into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, we've been called out of darkness that we should show forth the praises of him who actually called us out. Amen? So again, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God are two separate entities that will never, never mesh, although they coexist They will never blend. The world can be defined as the ways of man outside of God. The trends of our day that have nothing to do with God. The vibe, you know, folks talk about energy and vibe. The feel of what's going on that either completely excludes God or does not include God to the degree that God wants to be included. So we have to make sure as Christians who are compelled that we don't become worldly. If there is one thing that will throw us off, if there is one thing that will cause us to no longer be driven, No longer be focused, no longer be excited about the work that God has for us in his church. If it's anything that will throw us off, yes, the flesh, but also the lure and the pull of the world. And we have to make sure that in our walk, in everything that we do, that we're striving to be godly and not allowing ourselves to become friends with the world. Am I talking right? Because the world, if we become friends with the world, the Bible says we make ourselves an enemy of God. And in our day and time, we have folks that, that, that they don't, they don't want to leave church necessarily, but they want to be friends with the world. And we have to be careful because, once again, Jesus said you can't serve two masses. Either you're going to love one and hate the other, you're going to cling to one and begin to despise the other, I wonder if there's anybody who is actually despising church work. I wonder if there's anybody who don't like serving the way they used to like serving. I wonder if there's anybody who is somewhat lethargic when it comes to doing the will of God, but they want. I wonder if anybody is still compelled. Now, Paul talks about being compelled in 2 uh, Corinthians. Chapter number five, let's go there. Second Corinthians, chapter number five. Now, we're going to read beginning with verse number 12. Paul says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you talking to the Corinthian church. But we're giving you the opportunity to boast on our behalf. Paul said, we ain't got nothing to prove to y'all. We ain't, we ain't going to even go there with you. He said, but us being quiet ain't like we ain't got nothing to say. But rather, we're giving y'all the space who know us, who know that we compel. We're giving y'all space to brag on our behalf. But look what he goes on to say. He says that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. Those who may talk good, but really, when you discern, their heart ain't really with the Lord like it needs to be. They boast in appearance and saints of God. We gotta make sure that that is not us. We gotta make sure that we don't just put on a good showing, but our hearts are really connected to the Lord. And our, our, our agenda is to serve the Lord and fulfill the task that he has for us amen in every single way it doesn't matter what you do in ministry the lord still wants to see us working as unto him the scripture tells us in colossians chapter 20 chapter 3 and verse 23 that whatever you do do it heartily as unto the lord and not to men but i'm gonna tell y'all and warn you that the more you become heartily and give your all to the Lord, you may find yourself in the midst of folks who have lost heart. And when you find yourself in the midst of people who have lost heart, they're going to be offended at you. They're going to want you to tone it down a little bit. They're going to they're gonna want you to say, they're going to say stuff like, you too much, you're doing too much. You, you just, And all you're trying to do is let God get the glory out of your life. All you want to do is be pleasing in God's sight. All you want to do is fulfill the mission. But they mad. So Paul says, I'm giving y'all the opportunity to talk to these folks. These folks who look good on the outside, but y'all know their heart ain't with God. Y'all already know that. This is what Paul goes on to say, verse 13. He says, if we are beside ourselves, if we are too much, if if we need to tone it down in your opinion, he says, let it be known that we're not trying to be no hypocrites. We're not trying to put on a show. He says, if we are beside ourselves, it's just because we love God we we rather err on the side of caution. Even though we got the Holy Ghost, y'all know sometimes we still have a misstep. Huh? Even though you got the Holy Ghost. But we know that folks who are spirit-filled and spirit-led in ministry, they just try striving to do the will of God. Amen? So he said, if if that be the case, if y'all think we do need to tone it down, if you're thinking we're practicing too much in our auxiliary. If you think staying them extra 15 minutes is too much. If you say we're being inconsiderate of people's time. It ain't because we're inconsiderate. We're just trying to do the will of the Lord. We're just trying to offer to God the glory we say that we want him to get out of our lives. And then he goes on to say, he says, Or if we are of a sound mind, it's for you. Paul is saying whichever way you you, you toss it. We want God to get the glory out of our lives. Amen? How many of you, that's your testimony? Amen. And as long as you keep the mind of Christ, as long as you remain humble, as long as you operate in self-denial, that puts you in a position to stay driven Focused on what it is that God wants you to accomplish. And I just want to warn you, everybody ain't going to like that. Everybody in your church ain't going to like that. Everybody in your auxiliary probably ain't going to like that. Now, it would be great if everybody liked it. But I'm just saying, everybody might not always appreciate that. Verse 14, Paul says, the love of Christ compels me. I can't help it. I gotta be turned up. I gotta give God my all. I gotta stay focused. Because the love of Christ has constrained me. It got me gripped. He got my heart. It's over. Y'all know coming up when when, y'all know how it was with boyfriends or girlfriends. We used to say self-like, man, that girl got your nose wide open. Huh? That boy sprung. Boy, she got a tight grip on you. Right? We would say that, right? That's what that word means. It talks about being constrained. Paul is saying, God got me. The love of God has constrained me. And this is what he says as he gives clarity clarity to it. He says, because we have judged this, we have come to an intellectual decision this is how we have resolved it he said that if one died for all then all died paul says we don't put thought into this thing now I, I, when i think about the love of christ yes we know jesus loves us and but, but paul from an intellectual standpoint is saying if he died for everybody then consequently that means everybody died that means we all should take on the same example that he left for us. He emptied himself. I'm supposed to empty myself. He sacrificed for all of us. I'm supposed to sacrifice at my auxiliary. He died for all of us. I'm supposed to be willing to operate in self-denial. For even Jesus said, if any man comes after me, that he must first deny himself, take up his cross, And follow me. He said everybody dead. Look at somebody that said that old you should be dead. That old you should. And listen. And and we know we're a work in progress. Come on let's just keep it 100. Sometimes the old us rise up. And he's dying on that day. Maybe he was dead on Monday. But Wednesday was a new day with a new challenge. So you with your sanctified self realize. Oh the old me is going to have to be killed today. I'm going to have the fast pray, praise do something because the old me, I feel that nature trying to get me to go against the very thing that I said I was focused on two days ago. We got to operate in self-denial, operate in being focused. Look at somebody saying real time. I'm not talking about just testifying about it on Sunday. That's great. That's great. Look at somebody say, but Tuesday coming. And you might not feel the same way Tuesday at work how you felt Sunday in the sanctuary. So what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to be compelled when you don't feel like it. Then our focus and our commitment to God is not predicated on how we feel. Y'all ought to talk to me. You know your feelings be all over. I know you whole Holy Ghost feel, but sometimes your feelings be all over the place. Sometimes you're upset and you don't know why you're upset you bored, and you got a pocket full of money, and you're talking about you bored. I'm talking about children and grown folks. If the grown folks be real, your feelings, our feelings be all over the place. So we can't judge how we commit ourselves to God, how we deny ourselves based upon how we feel. Amen? So in real time, and you're going to be tested. I'm going to be tested. And in order for us to grow, we got, we got to start passing the test more frequently. Now, many of us, we pass the test. You, 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 you are maturing and you, are, you have matured in God. But some of us, you fail the same test over and over. You're getting yourself, yourself about the same thing. You won't operate in self-denial about the same thing. And guess what? You're not going to grow until you start denying yourself in those areas and be motivated, compelled, focused because of the love of Christ. Paul said everybody did Everybody who saved, the old us, is dead. Verse 15, he says, and he died for all, that those who live, everybody take a deep breath, (sighs) you alive, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. If we're going to be Christ minded in our auxiliaries, we're going to have to live for the one who died for us and rose again. We got to get self out of the way. That our prevailing reputation, our prevailing testimony is we put the flesh under subjection. Our prevailing testimony is that we walk in humility. Our prevailing testimony is that no doubt we focused. no doubt we want to see the agenda of the Lord fulfilled in our churches, amen? Now, let me give a brief definition for auxiliaries. Auxiliaries, and this is not to insult anybody's intelligence, uh, auxiliary is, is a subgroup in the church. You have the main agenda of the church that comes from the pastor, right, and auxiliaries are usually based upon age, gender, or a specific task or, or need. We have youth ministry. That's a ministry or auxiliary that's specific to youth. We have a singles auxiliary. That's an auxiliary that's specific to singles. The music ministry or auxiliary that's specific to, so everybody everybody gets it. So all the auxiliaries, even in the midst of that, all of us working together in all these various auxiliaries it matters it matters it's what propels the mission of God forward look at somebody say it matters, it matters. amen even God says in his word that two are better than one because some auxiliary workers think that well it don't matter it's just me and that's not Bible it does matter it does matter God wants all of us to be compelled. Amen? Compelled means to be held fast. To be held together by constraint. Amen? To be gripped or to be seized. I thought about this before, you know, wearing a seatbelt was the law. Um, a law. You rode in the old school, you, you rolled in that front seat with, with your parents and they got ready to hit the brakes. You might end up with some bruised ribs. Because they are about to swing that arm, hit you dead in the chest. Pow! What are they trying to do? They're constraining you. They're holding you. They are gripping you. Amen? To try to protect you. That's what I thought about when I was thinking of these definitions. That Christ holds us just the way a concerned mother who's hitting the brakes tries to hold her child. And the child knows for sure, dog. You should have just let me hit the hit the uh, dashboard. You hurt my chest. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. To be gripped. My question to you is are you still gripped by Christ? Are you are you still intimate with him? Are you still, do you still, just the same way those of you who parents used to grab that chest when they hit the brakes and you felt it? Do you still feel God like that? Do you feel uh do you feel disappointed in, in yourself when you know you don't let God down? Do you feel disappointed in yourself when you don't let your brothers and sisters down in the auxiliary? Y'all come talk to me. Do you feel bad about it or do you just go, if you don't feel bad about it, what I want you to understand is that you have to address that because your love for God ain't where it needs to be. Amen? Everybody has a role to play. Everybody. The pastor, because a lot of times folks will be like, well, he the pastor, he's supposed to be there. She's the first lady. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. They want to always pass them first lady. They want to always lead over such and such. But the standard is still the same for all of us who are compelled by the love of Christ. Amen? Paul said we reached this verdict that, hey, listen. We have determined that what pleases God is number one versus what pleases the flesh and what satisfies the thirst of this world. Y'all know this world, thirsty, right? The world ain't going to, look, you ain't going to outgrow the world pulling at you. Folk be like, when I turn 35, I should be over all this worldliness. No. At 35, you probably going to be able to fulfill more of the worldliness because you're going to have more income. So the stakes can get higher. I'm just being honest with you. There are things that people think about in the world or what they would do if they had the money. You get 35, you might have the money and be able to really enjoy the things of this world. But understand, when you're doing that, you're making yourself an enemy of God. The point that I'm saying is, is that you just cannot lean to the world because it's not going to stop pulling at you. We can't lean in the flesh because the flesh cannot be satisfied. Amen? Amen. Let's drop down to verse number 17. So now that we're compelled by Christ, Paul says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. I'm brand new. What has passed away? My old impulses, my old desires, my old opinions. I I, got to work on these things because some of these things are habits and we have to learn new habits and put new habits into operation so that we can do the will of God. If I am accustomed to being a blabbermouth and impulsive when it comes to speaking my mind, well, in the kingdom, that habit ain't going to work. So we got to learn how to create a new habit and speak when the Holy Ghost is telling us to speak and be quiet when he's telling us to. That's just an example. Amen. So we have to learn we are brand new creations. Verse number 18 18. now all things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation god saved us we we know that he loves us and now he gives us a task now y'all got i want y'all to i want y'all to get like me is what paul is saying jesus said i was reconciling y'all to me now that i don't reconcile y'all i want y'all to go forth and reconcile other folks I want y'all to do what I did. You say you want the mind of Christ? Well, I want you to do exactly what I did for you. I'm going to use you to do that for others. Isn't that an awesome task? I don't know about you, but when I think about my quirks and I think about my shortcomings and I think about uh, uh, um, these things that we look at ourselves about and you you think God chose me? You're like, Lord, you want me for real? The answer is Yes. He wants to use all of us for his glory. Amen? Amen. Verse 19. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their transgressions to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we, somebody say we, we. All of us are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading, what? Through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, when we are compelled because of the love of Christ, we recognize the connection between what he did for us, how he wants us to appreciate it and reciprocate it. That's what it means. When I'm truly compelled... I recognize what he's done for me. You recognize what he's done for you. And you understand the association that he wants me not only to recognize it, but to be very appreciative and turn around and reciprocate that throughout the world. Amen? That's what he wants for us. St. John chapter 5, 16. Jesus says, listen, you didn't choose me. I chose you that you may go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. Those of us who are in auxiliaries, leading auxiliaries, the Lord chose us to go forth and bear fruit. We're not just putting things together just to put it together, but we, we are people of vision. We're, we're moving forward and pursuing. We're striving to bear fruit. Because we realize that's what he chose us to do. He chose us to go forth and bear fruit. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says, we love him because what? He first loved us. It's vital, vital that we receive that so that helps us to stay humble. Because if we get the big head, we'll be thinking we chose him. Huh? And he is for our beck and call. Right? We'll forget that we were on our way to hell, but he interrupted the course of our lives to bring us into salvation. He chose us. We didn't choose him. We love him now because he first loved us. And the way that we love him now, we didn't love him that way at the beginning. It was as you begin to learn and grow. And as you kept learning and growing and you look back at yourself, then you realize how much trouble you was really in when he saved you. You, man, I was on my way to, man, we could have died. Man, what was we thinking? Man, we shouldn't have never even been there. The more you grow and you get away from the old you, you realize, we realize how much trouble, spiritually speaking, we were really, really in. Let's thank the Lord for Jesus, for all his goodness to us. Hallelujah. Now, what we need to make sure is that we don't allow the world to cause us to forget, ignore, or abort our kingdom purpose. Don't just look at it as it's just an auxiliary. Don't don't look at it that way. We are helping to fulfill the mission of God. So let us not allow this world and this pool to cause us to forget, abort, or ignore our kingdom purpose. Turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number two. Y'all all all right? Are you still compelled? Are you moved by God? Now, I'm going to say this. We work together in ministry and we fall in love with each other like the, the family of God becomes family shown enough. But I like to submit to you that just your love and your affection for your brother and sister ain't that ain't enough to keep you compelled when you don't you don't want to act right. <laughs> when the flesh is up here. We need the love of God to compel us. Huh? That when you don't feel like it, and God is telling you to go forth and do it again. And you may be thinking, them folks ain't even paying no attention to me. Why? You need we need the love of God to be our strength to move forward. Woo! We I know what I'm talking about. Huh? The love of God has to be our motivation in order for us to stay focused, humble, and compelled. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read 1 through 10. Y'all stay with me. Ephesians chapter number 2, 1 through 10. He said, and you he made alive who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this what? World. He said, that's how we used to be. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as of... Paul's saying we all was going to hell. Y'all knew it. We were children of darkness. That's basically what he's saying. He said, just like everybody else was. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us to sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In that the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself it is the gift of God Paul is saying don't forget now don't forget where you came from I know he done raised us up got us sitting in heavenly place I like the way uh pastor Cochran said last night people start getting blessed and some of them will switch up huh I like the examples that he was given People, some people were more dedicated when they didn't have a car, but then they get to a tree cause, and they switch up. People get promotions, money, money and all these things, and then they start, they start changing. And God warned us in the scripture. He warned us talking about the children of Israel. In other words, I want y'all to stay compelled. I want you to stay focused. I want you to stay driven. Don't let the blessings intoxicate you to where you begin to think that God has changed. God has not changed. And we have to be careful that we don't switch up on him is what Paul is saying. He says, by grace you've been saved through faith. It wasn't of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 is what I want to get to. He says, for we are his Workmanship, we are God's handiwork. Huh? Handcrafted by the creator. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Prepared for good works that we should what? Walk in them. Good works has to do with God giving us task. God has employed each and every one of us. How many of y'all born again by short hands? You love Lord. Guess what? God got a job for you. God has employed you. Mm-hmm. When we first got saved, we just didn't want to go to hell. We just wanted to go to heaven. I just, I just got to get my life right, and you did, and I did, but you didn't know that God had a job, a task. He says we were created. Any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The scripture saying you was created. For good works. God had a task. He has employed us to work in the kingdom, a given purpose to accomplish. He says, And these things we must walk in them. The Greek word walk in them means peri-patio. Peri means all around, patio means walk. That means our total life should be consumed with letting God get the glory out of our lives. So when it comes to my job, when it comes to personal things, when I come to ambition, I have to weigh these things if they're going to cause me to miss doing what God has employed me to do. My kingdom purpose. Now, we got to be honest. Some things that are offered to us don't necessarily, don't come from God. Some opportunities don't come from God. But listen, if we have allowed the ways of the world to get planted in our heart, those things can take our attention and lure us to the point to where we can't fully do what God wants us to do. Somebody look at me and say, somebody say peripatio. All, of our, all consuming, every aspect of our lives, God wants to get the glory. What I want to instill in all of us and refresh in us is that what we do for the Lord is important. And it's not just when you have a title on your name. Whatever God has commanded you to do through your leaders or the gift God has put in you, it is for His glory and it is important. So we have to take care of it and be good employees. <laughs> we need to be working to be employee of the week. Employee of the month. Huh? Not a competition, but we offering everything we do unto the Lord. We want God to be pleased, right? I don't want God looking at me, looking at me saying, look at this stinking pastor. He just offer up anything to me. Look, God don't want that stinking preaching. God don't want that stinking shepherding. God wants it to be right. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And not just for a pastor, but anybody who has been saved by grace. He wants the best out of us. Which means the way that a minister has to study. You may have to be practicing doing whatever it is that you need to do to fulfill your obligation to be a good employee In every way. Amen. That's what the Lord wants. My whole life. Somebody say whole life. Whole life. Fulfilling his purpose. It's easy to say, God, get the glory out of my life. We just need to make sure that we are doing it in a practical manner. And if you are, continue to do so. Continue, And God is going to bless everything that we do for him, everything that we desire to do in his life that's within his will. God is going to do it. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk Uprightly, it's no way in the world God is going to let you go lacking and not fulfill your heart's desires when He see us putting Him first. There's no way, and we'll find ourselves not having to chase certain things. Put God first; He knows my heart's desire. I don't have to scheme, like Pastor Cochran said. I ain't got to scheme. I ain't got the brown nose like everybody else, like the world. I ain't got to be doing all these games. I can just be holy. I can tell them I ain't going to be there. I got to go to church. I ain't going to do that. I got, listen, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. Look, I I, I ain't going to be, I ain't going to be able to do this, that, and the other, right? And the one who ain't even there, like David, is the one who get what everybody else wanted. God has a way of getting to us the heart's desire that we desire without us doing all the tricks that the world does. Y'all ain't talking to me up in here. Huh? You ain't got to jump through all them false hoops. Just keep God first. And you got to have the boldness and the confidence and the courage to keep God first. Amen? In my clothes, we need to make sure that we are not striving or laboring to be worldly over here in the kingdom got to make sure I got to check myself. I got to make sure, Lord, am I? Am I making excuses because I, I done got a little worldly? Do I? Is my affections really towards my little empire that I'm trying to build more so than the kingdom? I, I have to ask myself these things and be honest with myself to make sure that my labor is not geared towards me being just like the rest of the Gentiles. I got to make sure that what I do is in a manner that pleases God. You too, all of us who love the Lord, have to make sure that our labor is in line with the will of God and that we're not in the kingdom, but I got our eyes. You know how the writer said in Psalm, he said, I almost fainted when I started looking at the prosperity of the wicked. He had the wrong focus. He's looking over there. Because the scripture tells us, don't worry about them. They're going to be soon cut down just like the grass. All we have to do is continue to fulfill the mission of God. Amen? We have to be compelled. How many of y'all agree with that? Must be compelled. Auxiliary work isn't just something that we do to help out. That ain't the mentality. I'm just helping out. See, when we have that mentality, we don't take on any personal ownership. I'm helping y'all out. That that's the mentality. Like this ain't like we ain't in it together. I'm helping y'all out. We we're not volunteers in the kingdom. That comes from the world. We're servants. According to Ephesians, the Lord said, Look, I gave you a task when you got saved. According to 2 Corinthians, I've given to you the ministry of reconciliation. Now, saints now who have adopted the ways of the world say, I'm a volunteer, man. Pastor, I don't stay. They don't stay. I got other things that I got to do. I'm just volunteering. No, 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 no. We servants. If you're a servant, you got to empty yourself, just like Jesus did. Woo, woo. People are putting hobbies ahead of their purpose. I said, people in God's church, maybe not OCC or Place of Refuge Rome. I'm just saying. By observation, people are putting hobbies or creating or making their hobby as if that's their purpose. That ain't right. Auxiliary work isn't just something that we do to help help out. Auxiliary work is what we were created to peripatio. We were created to do this. Take pride in the creator of heaven and earth Selected you. Selected you. Selected you. Selected you. So you want me to do it? All these other folks say, you want me to do it? The Lord is like, yes, that's your role. When you consider Ephesians chapter 4, around 14 through 16, the Bible talks about how growth of the body takes place, and not just numerical growth, but maturity in, within the body takes place when every part does Is share. That's part of our spiritual maturity. When we learn how to do what we're supposed to do, regardless of how we may be presently feeling. Amen? So we want to, I'm going to give you this last scripture. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I was just about quoting it, but let's read it, and let's close it out. Ephesians 4, verse number 11. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What he gave them for? Verse 12. To equip the saints. Why? For the work of ministry. We're going to make sure that the, the people of God are trained so they can fulfill what God has employed them to do. To work ministry. Work ergon business and achievement accomplishment moving forward in the lord amen for the edifying of the body of christ how long till we all come to the unity of the faith y'all know that's gonna be forever huh if you got three people even just three people it takes something to get three people unified (laughs) huh so you're talking about a whole body Till we all come to the unity of faith? Oh, yeah, we're we going to need this preaching and equipping every week. huh? And the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure, to the standard of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Christ has an objective for all of our employment in here. For all the tasks, he has an objective for each one of us. And God... Grants to everyone according to their ability as well as what he desires for us to accomplish. So it's not no competition. It's not us comparing ourselves one to another. But it's you being the best you that you can be where God wants you. It's me being the best me. It's the usher being the best usher. The, the singer being the best singer. All of us giving our best to get God the glory. Amen? Verse 14, that we no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and cunning craftiness or deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom what? The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. What causes us to unify is all of us in our auxiliaries doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's the unity right there. He says we are joined and we are knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effect of working by which every part does a share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And in verse 17, he says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk. As the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility, the emptiness, without purpose, the instability, having false religion, treating ministry as volunteer versus a servant, ignoring the church calendar, syllabus, monthly agenda, ignoring the example of the first family. He, he says, you don't walk like that no more. <laughs> huh? You find that certain auxiliaries, they're they giving a the calendar, they ain't giving a the syllabus, they, done, they send texts, they send reminders. I mean, we're just trying to work. We're trying to get the work of the Lord. Look at somebody say, don't be hard to work with now. Lord, don't be hard to work with the rest of 2023. You know, before May, we ain't worried about that. But after May, don't be hard to work with. Amen? Amen. Are you still compelled? Let's give the Lord a hand. I'm done. I'm going to stop right there.
1: We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give. Text give. To the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details. At occvr.org. Until next time, remember: without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Billerica, Georgia.